0: Listener production.
1: Hi, crew. You are listening to episode 161 of the Howie Games, part B, featuring James Hurd. Hit it. So the injuries, it was whenever anyone brings up, what's it called? Is it called the navicular? Navicular, yeah. When anyone brings up the navicular in modern-day football, everyone goes back to James Hurd. Yep. Um... So what is a navicular and what did it do to you in your career?
2: So it's like it's a bone in your foot, the base of your, the top of your, your foot, and it's like the, the cornerstone of your foot, so to speak. And I'm not a doctor, but I think it takes the majority of the weight from your whole body, transitions some way through that navicular. And it's like the scaphoid bone in your hand. It's got a very poor blood supply. So if you crack it or break it, um, they don't heal very well because not only is it got a poor blood supply, but you can't get enough weight off it. Just to, unable to, to heal. So I it was a training session at Cross Keys Oval um, in Essendon where we used to train pre-season. I just went up for a mark and went in a pothole and rolled my ankle and tried to come back too early and was really putting so much pressure through the foot. And six weeks later, my navicular had a crack through it. That cost me the Is it
1: painful, very
2: well, extremely painful. Okay. Yeah, by the time you, by, it, when it's a bit when it was a bit cracked at the start, it, not that sore. But by the time it stops you, you just can't. You can't do anything. So that missed the ninety rest of the ninety seven year. Ninety eight played a few games, had a few injuries and then it went again. And then round two ninety-nine so it had an operation on it, so two pins to put through it. And then ninety nine, I knew it wasn't right, pre season wasn't right, and we played North Melbourne in round Carlton in round one, North Melbourne in round two, and then halfway through that game I just I couldn't run. I knew it was done.
0: Gee, it's a sorry side, isn't it?
1: I'd reckon their tears coming from the face of James Hurt, Very disappointed. Well, terrible sight for Essendon football fans in general. James Hurt needs to play footy. He can't at the moment.
2: And so that was three years of pretty much. So I won the Brownline in 96. And the next three years I played a total of 10, 12 games and really thought that three times, three, and every doctor had told me, that if, if, you, if you don't get it right the first time, you're not going to get it right. Mm. It, so I went and saw a guy called Julian Feller, who was, you know, great, great surgeon, just a wonderful man who just fixed a lot of players, and he said, "Well, I've one more, one more crack at it, but we've got to get special permission to get this, um, this special putty to put in between the crack, which will help it heal." Um, and 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 he said, "And you have to listen to me exactly what you're going to do." P- no, coming back early.
1: Permission from
2: the AFL no permission from the um, TGA, I think, okay. was from, from the Therapeutic Raw. Goods Association sure. to bring this product into Australia. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and he's like, you have to do exactly what I'm exactly saying.
2: Exactly what I'm saying. So there's no more playing this year. So, anyway, we get so 99, had the operation, doing very slow recovery, not a, And then, God forbid, we're on top of the ladder with three games to go. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. We're three games to go and I'm feeling pretty good. Um, so I start ramping up my training and start doing a few things that the club doesn't know about and start to feel good and turn up training one day and um, run out and complete the session and I'm feeling really good so the guy the boy that was a th- Wednesday night and the boys played on a Friday night the last game before the finals and I've told she's I'm ready I'm ready for sorry to, I'm ready for the last round she said oh that'd be, that'd be good anyway walk home from the MCG there's a knock on my door it's our doctor and our fitness guy Oh, oh. and they say what have you been doing and I said oh I've been training it feels really good and they go there is no way you're playing for the rest of this year and we had the biggest John and Quinn and I had the biggest argument what do you mean there's no way the only reason you play is to win premierships or a chance to win and you're going to stop me even if it breaks and I win one I'm, I'm happy to Said, no you're not playing um, which was a very great decision on their behalf because they're looking after welfare but for me I felt like they'd betrayed me and they were stopping me doing something that I wanted to do typical athlete couldn't see the bigger picture <laughs> um, anyway we lost the prelim and didn't even make the grand final this
0: is uh, just an incredible comeback Carlton Football Club. They are into the grand final. Carlton, Carlton is into the grand
2: final. Yeah, it was. It was a terrible injury in terms of um, you just could never get you get your body going or get going. And did you face your own football mortality in your own mind? Absolutely. I thought. I thought I was. I thought I was done. Um, But fortunately, you know, we got it right, and there was another six, seven years
1: of football to come. And, and the premiership. <coughs> and, and the in. premiership the next year. Your, your demeanour on the footy field. It, it's like when you said that you were, you know, early days you were celebrating um, as Essendon supporter. Something that you said to me once that has stuck in my mind, I think more than anything else I've ever Heard when I've been covering football, you won't remember this. There was, I don't even remember what the incident was. There was, you'd said something on the footy show about an umpire. Um, yep. Was it Scott McLaren? Yep. We, which we don't, we don't, I'm, I'm not telling you the story for that reason. But I think it was, and did you get fined or? 20 grand. Okay. So you got a $20,000 fine. And then uh, in my head, it was the next week and you'd been on the front page of the paper and you kicked the goal hmm. and you ran and hugged the bloke in the crowd. Yep.
2: Player just control a quarter of football like this. I think he's had fifteen disposals. He has fifteen disposals. He's had fifteen disposals, kicks a freakish goal, has won the important clearances, he's had six clearances in this final quarter, and he's given an Essendon supporter
0: a moment he will never forget. Incredible.
1: And I was a kid. Working at Channel Seven Sports World, hmm. and it was my job with a cameraman called Laz, who I Come still else. love to this yeah. day. He's a great man, Laz. It was to go down there and do an interview post game to show on Sports World the next day with Joe Griggs and Dermot Brereton and and whoever else was on it. And they ushered me, whoever the media manager was. Yep, said yep, you can. Yep, you can speak to James. And I was a bit, oh, you know, it's James Heard. I'll be honest. I was a bit, and and I said, you yeah, no, that was that was an amazing moment. Um, and you hugged the guy in the crowd. And th- these are words I'll never forget, James. You looked at me and you said, Yep that's the second stupid thing I've done this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I couldn't fathom it. You were referring to the the incident with McLaren, but then to me that was everything footy was about and it was the passion and you were hugging a supporter who will have that lifetime mm. memory, yet you were telling me it was a stupid thing. I don't know if it was an in-the-moment in thing or if that's how you viewed what you'd done. I think now I don't look at it. I think it was a release of emotion.
2: Like you, you, you
1: it, it was everything. Why we go to the foot? Yeah, yeah.
2: It's um. I think for me it was a level of embarrassment at what I'd done previously too. Okay. You know, I, was, well, I was embarrassed that I'd sort of let my core, you know, really said what I'd said, and so I didn't want to highlight the attention back on me. But that was a very that was a pressure situation. Um, and even more so we, we hadn't won a game that year no. either so that was a, a big thing about winning we, we lose that game our season was almost done even then early in the year but yeah that, that footy's, footy meant a lot to me uh, and, and still does but it, when I was playing it meant you know, a hell of a lot to me and my, I was, the pride of my performance was huge so kicking that goal was just emotional uh, and the one thing that I'd said all week to myself is is you've you've let your teammates down, you've put the focus on you you and your team by what I'd said and I wanted to take that off off that and just back onto us our performance rather than all this sideshow that was going on. So um yeah, it was very relieved when that file <laughs> went through everyone we again.
1: Honestly, it sticks with me. I can even remember the little side mm-hmm. room and, and I can so when you talked about how much it meant to you, we've talked about your successes on the footy field. How did you deal with poor team performance and poor personal performance?
2: Yeah, difficult. Uh, you know, I think the 2001 grand final was a low light of my career where I, I didn't play well. Um, and we lost the, the grand final when we probably, we had a team good enough to win. So that's a, a big regret if you, if you have regrets in, in football. Um,
1: and, and is this a day, a week, a month where it burns? Oh, you, no, or? that
2: burned for quite a while. That okay. burned for years like a couple right. of years. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I used to always look, I didn't think we beat Brisbane for two or three years after that because they were so good. But there was certainly the Brisbane game and just want to get, you can never get it back, but there was something about performing against them again. Um, yes, yeah, even now you think, oh, yeah, I would have meant, well, how do we lose that game? Why do we lose that game? But um, I think you if you put, if you invest heavily in something, and it and, and you fail, it's obviously okay, but it should hurt because you're investing so much so much into it. And there's no doubt in my career and my teammates, we invested, you know, a lot of ourselves and our families, both physically and emotionally, in our careers. And it's um and you get a lot of reward for it. And that's why when people retire, I think it's so hard. It's very hard to find something like that that you invest so heavily in again.
1: Well, that's my next question. So you walk off the ground as in Perth against the Eagles? Yep. And it was, you know, it was like I'm going to say it was like I had imagined when Bradman retired. Like there was there were speeches, there was your family out in the ground. It was beautiful. Like it, was, it,
2: was, it was four or five different events that we, you know, there was you know, my teammates it, thought it, it was quite hilarious. It, it, that it was, Sheeds and I had a circus game, yeah, yeah. and
1: and and, and Sheeds as well. So it was oh, it was it was a wonderful moment in football, yeah. James. Seconds ticking away in the career of James Hurd and Kevin Sheedy, and it's
2: come down to that for two of the greats of AFL and VFL football, Kevin Sheedy, 886 games as a player and coach.
0: James Heard, 253 games as a player. It's been a long goodbye for James Heard and Kevin Sheedy, but the final curtain has come down here at Subiaco.
2: James Heard out there shaking hands and being embraced as well. Sad moment for many, but a celebration, of course, as well. And there is a
0: tear in James Hurd's eye. 17 seasons, two premierships, the Royal Swift Medal and the Brownlow Medal,
2: eight seasons as captain, every season of his entire AFL career under Kevin Sheedy.
1: Um, and, and I. Uh, watching it again last night, I love that the Eagles supporters gave you a lot of love as well, mm. So, it, which is not always the case with opposition supporters. No, definitely not the Eagles supporters. No, no, they can be pretty hard. Trust me, I'll show you when you commentate an Eagles game, I'll show you some <laughs> of my social media and I'll show you I'll show you what comes your way. So at what stage do you get home a day, a week, a month later and, I don't know, sit at the breakfast table and think, oh, mm. I, I've been so invested I'm defined, like mm. when I'm walking down the street, people come up and talk to me about my performance in my football club and then it's not there.
2: Well, Very early on, and I thought I'd planned it well. So we had a business called Gemba at the time, um, which I was you know third, third part owner in and was working in part time and was a very seamless transition, going to take a month off, go on holidays with my wife and, and then come back and start working. So in terms of planning uh, life after football, I thought I'd planned it really well. But you don't plan for the fact that you your identity is wrapped up so much in that, and you you sit down when there's no one around you and go, oh my god, you know, a few tears. You're like, that's you, you've lost something really big in your life. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge it was a huge hole and um, something that you you can never go back to. I don't think you never go back to. But yeah, you know, I, I felt very lost for a, a long time, um, even though I had everything set up, sort of on the outside.
1: So how do you replace that Saturday feeling arm in arm with your mate? I guess you can't. Well, what do you try and replace well, it? Well, you get kids sport and you just yeah, push okay. your kids out there and, <laughs> and yell at them and run around the. What are you
2: doing it, like, Oz? <laughs> that's <laughs> right.
1: They're
2: three years old and you can't. You do a drop punt yet, son? No, I think I think <laughs> that's a good you, answer. You basically have your life gets busy, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does. What was I? Thirty-four. We had three kids at the time. We what did you used to do with
1: your spare time? That's what I asked myself pre-kids. What did I do with all that time that I didn't know I had? Oh, yeah, who? Knew? Yeah, I think I'm getting it back now though, because right. our
2: kids are so yeah. much older. And you, you go, gee, I could actually go for a walk here. I could, yeah. I could bring a mate and go have a beer or yeah, yeah do stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so it's filled up that way. But uh, it, nothing was like that. You, you you had 50, 40, whatever mates around you every day for half the day. The, the jokes, the fun, the, the the frivolity. Then it was switch on, do something together, train together. And it's interesting now that Dean Solomon and I are helping Mark Mivay at mm-hmm. um, at GWS. So. Because Dean and I normally fly in, fly out in the same day, and so we spend a lot of time at the airports together, and it's a, it's it's a bit back to the old <laughs> to the old days <laughs> yes. where it's, it's a bit of fun. It's, we do take it very seriously, obviously, but um, I must say the three of us have sat there at certain times. just feels very similar to what it was 20 years ago.
1: So, did you do you get those? Obviously, you went on to coach the the club that you played for and the club that you loved and the club supported. Do you get similar emotions then when you? A coach or no, is it different? No. It,
2: it, look, there's, there's, a, there's a teamwork and, you know, in my first um, couple of years, I had a very tight coaching team, Sean Wellman, Simon Goodwin, Mark Thompson, Dean Wallace, um, myself, um, and Brenda McCartney. Um, so it was a very – we had a lot of fun in that, that time, very tight, but it's a very different – there's nowhere near as enjoyable. <laughs> Playing is much more enjoyable than coaching because you just, you just can't relax as a coach. There's just There's always something to do. And there's always, a, there's always more things to think about. Whereas as a player, you're really just thinking about yourself and you know, your teammates.
1: So where does the fun come from? Like, I, I sit there on a Saturday, <laughs> watching on the, commentating on the telly on a Friday night in the radio, and I see what the losing coach goes through, and then the winning coach gets to his press conference and he has to start talking about what's happening in seven days' time. Where's the fun come from? I think there's a, there's a period when the siren goes and you've won and your team's played well. <laughs>
2: for maybe four or five minutes. It <laughs> doesn't where, seem worth it to me. Uh, you know, it's, there is there's a, there's certainly a level of satisfaction. I mean, it's, you're really putting together a plan, getting everyone on board. So there, there's a level of satisfaction and fulfillment. Fun, I'm not sure, is the... Okay. So, so
1: what was your, um, you obviously know what's coming after the first part of this, but what was your greatest strength as a coach, do you reckon? Um, relationships. Yeah, relationships.
2: definitely my relationships and ability to take myself out of the day to day when I needed to and think strategically. Like I think, still that those coaches' box get very emotional and uh, you know very hyped up when that doesn't help solve problems. So. You
1: didn't seem to. You weren't. You weren't a no, was, whacker
2: or a. Well, I had Mark Thompson sitting behind me hitting me over the head if I did. <laughs> <laughs> so what are okay. you yelling at? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he pulled the light down on me one day. I a Coke bottle and sprayed everyone. We're at the SCG. Yeah, and the light. He's an ex-electrician. Yeah, of course he yeah. is. And the lights at the back of the box weren't working that well. So it's after the first quarter and he's decided he's going to get up and fix the lights. So <laughs> you know those old fluorescent yeah. lights? So he's up there fixing and he must have pulled too hard and it sort of tilted like that and swung and hit me <laughs> there in the back of the head. So
1: mate, we're down by $6. I'd like a bit of help rather than you fixing the lights. So if your greatest strength was relationships, if you did it again, what what? What would you improve on, do you think? Yeah,
2: I, I trusted. Well, that's not, I mean, it sounds like a bit of a ridiculous um, weakness, but I did trust too much, um, not over enough of the detail. But is trust a bad thing? No, but I think there's a level of, uh, I should have been over more of detail, you know, and trusted the people that I asked to do things were doing things and they weren't. Um, and uh, and a bit, you know, naive. I just looked, I, 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 I really was a very trusting, accepting person because nothing really bad to me had happened you know there's that Pollyanna type thing that the world's beautiful the world's okay nothing really as bad Mm -hmm. has happened so that that was a weakness yeah definitely
1: more of Herdy shortly special announcement time Das play the trumpets roll the trumpets next Tuesday prior to the Andrew Johns episode a Howie Games special a one-off drop of the biggest guest we have ever had on the show. Truly the biggest ever, both in profile and in physical size. This man who is out the back and not too far away is a four time NBA champion. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a hall of famer. He's a TV star, he's a movie star, he's a rap star, he's a DJ, he's a cultural icon. But more than that, he's a very successful businessman and he is a father of six. Ladies and gentlemen, you are here tonight to hear from Shaq. Yep, Shaquille O'Neal joins the Howie Games next Tuesday. Not for a minute, not for a five minute conversation, not for a 10 minute conversation. This is Shaq for over an hour, one-on-one, his life, hoops, business, family, fame, and lessons learned along the way.
0: Orlando Magic versus New York Knicks in New York. Afternoon game. I played terrible, so my father calls me on the phone. Yes sir, you play like shit. Get your ass home now. Yes sir. So when I get all over, he said, "What's wrong? You couldn't handle the pressure?" And I said, "Yes." And he went crazy. Todd, to you athletes out of that. I like just went off. Be it be here tomorrow at five hundred hours. So I get there, there's that old 500, he didn't speak to me, we get in the car and we ride, and I come upon this homeless family and we're just sitting there watching them. And I was like, what are we doing here? Shut the hell up. Pressure is when you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Tell me you spoil rich bastards talking about you can't handle the pressure. You play the game, mm-hmm. if you play a bad game, just say you play a bad game, don't blame it on no pressure. Get out. Get out of the car. Yeah, get out of the car. So, I had to get out the car, go take care of that family. Because he used to do, you know, my father was very generous, you know, buy him stuff and give him stuff, but, you know, the guy was proud. He, he didn't really didn't want any help. So, I, I'd speak to the guy, and I'm, we're talking. He's like, hey, man, I just came out a hard time. just trying to, you know, get a job so I can get my family an apartment. So, apartment was the key word. So, I'd give fall. a phone, he still got them apartments. Yeah, I need a three-bedroom apartment today. How much is rent? All right, 3000 Okay, I'm going to send you a check for $36,000. Now i got got my place to stay, so now we can start there.
1: Shaquille O'Neal, next Tuesday, special episode on the Howie Games. Who would have thunk? All righty, let's get back to James. I said to you at the start that this podcast is not about making headlines um, and we try and avoid that, but it's hard to ask this question without thinking it gets written somewhere, somehow. But I'll ask it anyway. You choose mm. how to answer as you want. Would you like to coach again? Um, there's a lot of elements about it I like. Um,
2: uh, I was asked by a CEO of a footy club six weeks ago would I like to coach it? Not, not his club, but it, yep. it was, would I would like to coach again. And my honest answer was there's some elements about it I really like. Um, I'd have to have family considerations to do it. Mm. I love the fact that you get in deeply and you, as I said, you work with young people to create something really, really special and you create a great team environment. But I worked very hard over the last six years to create another sort of business arm. Yes. And I'm 50. Yeah. You go down that like at 40 when it happened, I could actually transition and go. At 50, you uh, you you go down that, then that that's almost it, right? So they have to think very carefully about that the path that the path that I take. So yeah, and has to be an opportunity too, obviously.
1: Oh. Uh, Bowen Heads under twelve, have lost a few in a row. So <laughs> if you want a road trip, we can probably sort something out. It's very um, nice place, Bowen Heads. Yeah, we actually nice. spent
2: the last couple of Christmases down at um, Ocean Grove, Bowen Heads. There you go. Yeah, it's there
1: very you go. Good. Well, you know, you know, we can probably sort out a couple of vouchers to the Starfish Bakery. And we, <laughs> we probably sort a few things out. So I, I'll ask this as generally as I can. I think it's the best way to do it. In your mind, hmm. what went wrong? What happened? At uh, Esther? yeah. Um. Oh, and,
2: like we, 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 no, we we had two people there who were just who were bad people who who I don't think they cheated, um, but that's you know that's debatable. Whether people, I still don't think players took the wrong thing, but the players were put in a very compromised position, which they shouldn't have been put in. And you know the the thing that is the most upsetting is that there's 34 players who have done absolutely nothing wrong, and they've suffered a huge. Their families and them have suffered hugely for it, and so are the Essence supporters. I mean, the, these people have been the most loyal supporters of all time they've paid their membership they've gone through uh asada they've gone through COVID, <laughs> mm. and now all you want <laughs> was just to get a bit of success and go the footy and win a few games because yep. there is no group of supporters who've been through more or maybe fitzroy supporters but you know no group that's been through more over the last 15 years so how did that weigh on you hugely yeah massively i think the, f- the players the players. first thing was the players yep. and their families um you know, the, 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 the thing that really irritated me was I was got called selfish a lot of the time and it was just so far beyond what I thought I was. I was – when things happened, all I was trying to do was get the players out of that position so that they were seen as being totally innocent in what happened, which it didn't end up happening that way. And that weighs on you. That There's 34 people and their families who went through hell for no fault of their own. And no matter what people think, they, they just trusted they, they, they didn't do anything wrong. And then the club that I love and had so much invested in and time I put in and gave what I, everything to, um, those, that group of supporters went through what they went through too because it, it is only football but it's it's a lot more than that. Mm. It's, it's their identity as well. I talk about my identity but it's their identity, their essence supporters. That's their club. They, they think it's this and that
1: happens. Um, so, yeah, that weighed, weighed very, very heavily on me. I'd love to frame this next part of this conversation, Jim, around resilience. That's that's the main thing I have taken from 160 episodes. I've taken two things from this podcast, hard work yep. and resilience yep. seems to lead to some form of success. I, I, want, you, I want you to ask one, one specific question relating to it because it's the industry that I'm in, not the job that I have to do, thankfully. How do you deal with cameras outside your house every day you get in your car. Cause I, I look at that. I'm lucky that that's, well, I'm not lucky. I, I've not chosen to do that mm. as part of what my profession is. Um, it's not a path I've gone down, but I used to watch those pictures. If you get there and you would always be polite, you'd always be, I don't know friendly's the right word, but I remember using to think, gee whiz, outside your family home when your kids are getting ready to yep. go to school, that must be difficult.
2: Yeah, it's very difficult and for that reason. You, know, you talk about it weighed heavily on me because of what happened to the players and the supporters. But ultimately what weighs more, most heavily is how your family gets affected and and my family was affected. And, and you know, the kids the kids are super resilient. They're great kids and, you know, Tanya's an incredible person. She's resilient. But it had a huge effect on all of us. And so, and that was embarrassment not to the public, but it was embarrassment to my family that I, I was putting them through that I mean, there was no normality for two years.
0: It's a long time. It's a
2: long time. And, 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 you know, just a a little anecdote is that we were going to put a a gate up in front of our house, but it it was a three-month planning permit down at (laughs) Stonington Council to do it. And we thought, oh, this is going to go. This is going to go away. And it didn't. But that, you know, three months, four months, five months, it just drags on and on. And I used to you know, just this, this, this thing in your head, just be like, what am I doing to my, what am I doing to my family here? What are they going through? What have I, what have I done? What have I done to, to my family? Um, and so that, so, so that took forever to get to work through. And so you're not, then you're not even dealing with your own, mm. your own stuff. You, you, you sort of, you, the, the guilt that comes on you because of how you've affected players, staff, supporters, but ultimately your
1: own family it was very, very difficult. So, your own stuff, as you called it. Did you deal with it? Did you put it to the side? Because obviously, and again, this is up to you, mate. Like things got quite dire for you.
2: Yeah, they did. Yeah, I ended up in a, you know, in a in a uh, psychiatric ward for five weeks. You know, overdosed on sleeping tablets. Um, taken to the, you know. Ended up in waking up in Cabrini Hospital. My wife next to me. You know what? Where am I? You know, this is where you got to go. So it, it was very very dire. Yeah, it was was horrible. It was, it was absolutely horrible. And but it was it was a necessary part of the journey in terms of where I where I am now. Um,
1: what do they? What like? What assistance? This is an ignorant question. I'm going to ask yeah, you yeah. what, what assistance do they give you in a psychiatric hospital?
2: Well, so the, the first level, of the, so, so my brain was fr- fried, it's a strange word, it's a hard word, but it was, it was just going 100 miles an hour, wouldn't stop. And I just wanted everything to stop. It just just would not stop spinning. Um, thoughts, you couldn't you couldn't capture a thought, it would just spin in and out. You know, you'd lie in your room, and I used to love going with the I used to, It was a great father, kids kicking the footy, whatever, and you couldn't get out of your bedroom, couldn't get out of your bed. So... What they enabled me to do is really settle settle the and brain. And is that
1: because of stress?
2: I think it's stress. I think it's years and years. Of, so this is this is end of 2016 when this started, started 2013. So 13, 14, 15, 16. It's four years. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that, 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 that just settled my brain. So, you know, it started with um, Valium to sleep and then, so it was a week of that just to sell your brain and just to calm yourself and then it was actively talking to a psychologist going for walks and just being out of the everyday and and it worked really well it worked really well and that was the start of the journey and then you know incredible support from from family and Tanya and and, and the kids and 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 just to the journey where i am now it's what is it six seven years later it's um it's you know it's it, it is something i'm I'm not proud of what happened, but I am proud of the resilience that I have to actually get to where I am. Because there there's been a number of points where you go that way, you go that way.
1: And what made you go the way that set you where you are now? I think
2: family's the, the, the main one. Mm. So, you know, the, the belief in your family, the belief in 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 that they're there for you and you're wanting to come back to that. But then also you've got to decide that you need to do it. What's what's your life about? Like, what are you what are you there for? And I think it's to me it was, okay, this is the bottom of the pile. I'm going to, no matter what they throw at me, I'm just going to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. I don't even know where I'm climbing, but I'm not going to let that. But you're going up. Yeah, I'm going up. I'm not going to let that stop me. To the point that then you can get up and look around and see life is good. There's some really, but while you're going through those dark moments, you're climbing through darkness, but you, as long as you're keeping on moving, you're not,
1: you're not going backwards. I've had a couple of mates recently that have been similar to the ferocity you had in the public eye, but not for the extreme extended period of time. And I've seen what it's done to them as people um, and how it's just pushed them to become shells of the people they were. Hmm. And I've no doubt some of them will listen to this and be interested to say how you got out of it. Like we talk about, um, we talk about James Heard, courage on a football field, James Heard, when your your mate McVeigh smacked your head in, and the courage to come back and play football. But do you? How much courage is required to walk into a room or go out for lunch when you know in Melbourne, yeah, everyone's saying, "Only there's James Heard?
2: Yeah, that's the courage on the footy field doesn't even come close. Does it to, not? Doesn't even come close to what the last six seven years have, were, and not not now, but that 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 really hard time. To decide. And the courage of Tanya, the courage of, you know, my children as well and my mum and her mum and family and the courage that they've shown as well around me and around everything that's happened around our family because that just didn't happen to me. It happened to your extended family mm. as well. So um, it's, it, it's an, it, that, that's what I'm most proud of is that, that resilience and courage to just keep fronting up because that's probably – I didn't front up for a while. I didn't face life. I didn't, I didn't go and say, okay, I don't care who's in the room. I'm just going to go and front up. And if they say stuff, they say stuff. But I know who I am underneath it all. I know what my values are. And, you know, I might. you, know, you, you treat your family very poorly when you, you're in those situations, when you, you really don't think of anybody else because of the darkness that's in your own head. So that, that's something that you've got, you've got to really apologize for and apologize properly for. Um, and to front that takes a lot of courage rather than run away, because I see a lot of people maybe run away from that situation. So, yeah, that, that courage or resilience in the football field is there, but I, I see this over here as, you know, was much harder and, and
1: a lot more courage in this to get through. She's a pretty uh, deep conversation. Let's, let's move away from that. Um, my favourite moment of the footy season, and I saw you briefly in the rooms before GWS game, and I got the... Mm. Um, opportunity to tell you this, that the 150th celebration, um, the Friday night, and Essendon did an outstanding job Hmm. on that night of celebrating their club, their history, their people, their heroes. But it's still, um, emotional's not the right word, it still gives me goosebumps when I, because I looked at it again last night when you walked out.
0: Few players can hold the accolades and accomplishments of this man. The list it's as long as he sleeps. Bombers, let's hear it for James Hurd!
1: And you appeared out of the smoke on the MCG. <laughs> and yeah. and I can picture you, and I can tell by the look on your face, it was similar to that when you hugged that bloke, you know, I don't want it to be all about me, sort of sheepish look that, that, yeah. that you have. I don't know if it's too cliché, James, but if they were making a movie about your life, that would be the final scene where the favourite son... <laughs> has been through highs and lows mm. at the club he loved and was just, again, by opposition supporters as well, by Carlton supporters mm. of all people, just embraced and cheered and loved. That, that from the yeah. radio commentary box, that's how it felt. I, I don't know how it felt on the yeah, ground. Yeah,
2: I'm not, it's sort of hard to tell who's cheering, who's booing, who's whatever, what the sound is, but hopefully it's the not the, the last scene. Hopefully there's a few more to no. go. But um, that that to me was... And I, I really didn't want to do it. So it was it was actually a – That surprisingly so, not. So we – Xavier Campbell rang me um, uh, and Tanya and I were away and uh, we talked about it. I said, what do you think? It just feels – it feels a bit cliché. It feels a bit this. And we talked about it and she was, you know, very positive you should do it. And um, in the end, it actually felt, yes, it was the – it, for me, it was the crowd was cheering me, but it was almost like I'm. Thank, it was almost like I was thanking them a bit to me as well. But that, that makes that makes sense. Of course, it does. When I played, I felt like there was enormous connection between my team and myself and the the supporters. Like the, the, the sort of the energy they gave us and the the emotional energy in a sort of one organism. So you got energy from the crowd. The Essendon supporters were so supportive of myself and my team and, and they, they really, we, we felt as one So and, and we connected, you know, events, training, it, it really felt close. So what happened with Asada and all that, it felt like that was broken. So that felt a bit like, you know, it was coming back to that sort of energy. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Liverpool. Yes. To watch Liverpool um, at Anfield, but that's the sort of, energy when you sit in the crowd and you watch the team perform and they they just give this team so much energy. And that's what Essence supporters used to, that's what I felt like out in the ground that they gave us. So perhaps not there at the moment, but um, that's, that's, I think between athletes or footballers and their crowd and their supporters, that's an amazing feeling because you're doing it for each other.
1: It's a great answer. As again, I I go back to that night. It was such a brilliant night. So when you mate. uh, Spike McVay says, "Hey, mate, the coach has got the chopper. Oh, I, I need a bit of help here. I need you back in, in the in the box. What's it like to step back into that that coaching box?
2: It's been great fun. Has it's it been enormous? It fun. looks fun. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks like fun. a group of mates yeah, doing
1: it's, their best. It's
2: fun. We're not. We haven't won enough games yet, right? Yeah, Spike. We need to. We need to do a bit better in the box. I think. Um, it's hard for him. He's got. You know, he's got his very loyal assistant coaches, and he's got Sol and I coming in on a." a day a week and then also at game day so that's yeah you know just because of the situation commitments we already had but when you think about mateship and you think about great mates I think of what we're we're doing with him and what, what what we're doing with more than just the three of us but your mate rings you I need your help and Solly's down the next day and I'm that that's that's what you're there for that's what and yes. and and they've been there for me my whole life Um and interesting, Spike's 10 years younger than me. You know, he's, he feels like he's a kid, but that's what football has instilled in me is if a mate calls you, you go and help him, and that's, that's what we're doing. We're trying to do the best thing we can to try and help him get the job. it's great to see you in
1: the box. I I had the pleasure of um, sitting in a Triple M commentary box with you. forward to discussing it all in the next couple of hours. Uh, That's it. And a man that used to dominate this ground, wonderful to have him as part of Triple M football, James Hurdy's here. Hello to you, Hurdy.
2: Yeah, great to be here. Uh, Very exciting day. I think Easter Monday has turned in a great tradition for these two clubs, but also uh, the football-loving public. How's your Easter panned out? Very nice, yeah. A few Easter egg hunts. Still got some young children floating around in How many eggs have you consumed yourself? Oh, quite a lot. Quite a lot. Kids uh, collect about 100 eggs in their
1: farm. And I didn't think it was this far long ago, someone told me it was 2019 because when I was getting your email address from Ewan Giles, who runs Mm. Triple M Footy, he said to me, you need to tell her. So we did it. I reckon we did a game in 2019 on a Sunday. You were doing special comments and I needed to pass this message on that you need to send your invoice in because you do that. still oh, okay. have invoice. Well, I'll Triple M in. for a game of football. Well, I'm in here. Can they just, <laughs> give, me the, can <laughs> they just, just give me the check there's, now? There's 10 grand out there waiting, <laughs> there, waiting right. for you. Would you go back into that space? I, I know you did it at Fox Footy. I, I know it was a thrill for all of us um, to have you in the box, and obviously your knowledge of the game is second to none. Do you enjoy that space or... Or are you consumed with your family and your business interests that we talked about I, at the start? I, there's enjoy, no
2: time. I enjoy watching football. I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy coaching it. I enjoy everything around football. So, yes, I enjoy talking on radio. I enjoy um, talking about it on, on TV. Um, the thing with me is to give a commitment to someone that I'm going to say, I'm going to be in this country for this mm-hmm. 10-week period is a little bit difficult at the moment. And COVID's changed. Everything for all of us, right? It so does. prior to COVID, I was traveling probably every five weeks overseas and coming back and um, so you know, I could do a game here or there. I haven't really even thought about it since since COVID's happened because it's it's been very difficult. Um, but I, I just enjoy going to the footy and, you know, it, it, I feel like when you're commentating in a box with people, people like yourself, you're not actually really commentating. You're just talking footy about the game. And you get paid for it. And you get paid for it. Well, so if a, you put your invoice in. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good gig. <laughs>
1: it's an amazing yeah, gig. it's a pretty good gig. Let's, so. let's be honest. Yeah. Your young bloke is involved at the Essendon Footy he's Club? He's going
2: well. He's playing the VFL um, at the moment. He hasn't quite cracked a game yet, but um, he's just, you know, a few more tackles, a few more possessions. And, and I've got to say that, what, eight weeks ago, Tom was playing for the reserves and so was Alex. So our 21-year-old and our 18-year-old we're both playing at Essendon. It was the Alan T. Hurd stand, which my grandfather was there. There was myself, my wife, my mum, uh, my auntie, Tanya's mum. Yeah, it, it, it was like this is a very very special moment. To so so whether they make it or not is not. We'd love them to. That's that'd be fantastic. at But AFL level.
1: What's it like to watch them play? In but the just to
2: watch them play is the highlight of my week. I say to my boys, the highlight of my week is the the. the if they're playing football, it's the two hours. If they're playing soccer, it's the hour and a half. Do you playing. get nervous? Um, yeah, I, I do because you, you want them to succeed. But no, I get I,
1: nervous I, watching the under-10s bar at Barney-12s and barney less and less nervous. Okay.
2: Because you, you, you can't get well, – there's th- three of them to go and watch. That's yeah, a lot
1: of nervous and you
2: know, Then you've got to go to the
1: Giants game. and <laughs> yeah, you back in that there. psychiatric ward if I'm not careful. <laughs> um, I think it's, I've taken up enough of your time. We normally finish this podcast. We always finish this podcast in the same way, and, and I said to you that we earlier on that we're blessed. We have a lot of young people listen to this show, mm. and it's very very cool when they listen with their parents and they learn lessons from Ricky Ponting or Kathy Freeman or Grant Hackett or now James Hurd. And that's my favourite thing about the show. And there's so many people come up and say, "Oh." my son or my daughter took this from such and such person and they've applied it this way. It just mm. it fills my cup up, as the kids talk about these days in primary school. It fills your bucket up. If you had some advice for the young and inquiring minds out there, not to be athletes but to be mm. what they want to be in life from your journey, what would you say? So what's worked for me, I yep.
2: suppose, is, you know, Absolutely. Is, is the advice. Is, is, is do what you're passionate about. Like every time I find I'm doing something I'm not passionate about, I don't do it as well. So mm. if, if you can find that passion, whether it's early in life or later in life, do it. Um, be a better listener than talker. Mm. I, I just think you learn so much from listening to people and, and, and learning off other people. Um, and then work your backside off. And And if you're if if you if you passionate about something, you listen to other people and you work really hard. The work doesn't seem that hard because you work about your passion. Um, and the, the last one is just have respect, like lit, have respect for the other person's point of view or position because... Um, we see it one way, but you'll see it a little bit differently. So, to understand that position is
1: really important. It's a great answer. When I asked you to come on the show, I said, hopefully, it's an enjoyable experience for the guest. One, has it been enjoyable? And two, what's it like to reflect on all the way back through your family history?
2: It's very enjoyable, actually. Yeah. It's, it's very enjoyable. And it's just great to, I think- Good. Doing these sort of interviews three years ago or two, or two it was a little bit difficult because everything was a bit raw, but- <laughs> time has passed and you actually see it all in perspective and yeah the the football industry the light it's it's been a you know it's it's been good to me so um some ups and downs but it's been it's been ultimately and met some
1: amazing people so it was good to reflect fantastic it's fantastic to have you on the episode is everything more than i expected thank you for being open for being honest and i'm just so glad that you and your family are in a fantastic place when you can enjoy each other and may many more successes come the way of the herds thanks everyone well done There was a bit of ground covered in that episode, it'd be fair to say. Thanks to James for his passion, his humour, his honesty and for passing on some of the lessons he's learnt on his journey so far and for trusting the show. He is a good, good man, is James. I hope he has plenty of success in the future and good things come his way. Tommy, Darsen, MJ are on fire. The boys are busy, but they're punching it out. Until next Tuesday with the special edition with Shaquille O'Neal and then Thursday with Joey Johns. Oh, how do you like them apples? Until then, peace and love.
0: And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try.